Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast where we believe that exercise and health are some of our greatest assets. And in order to nurture them, we must treat it as complex as our bodies are. Uh, We also have a special focus for people with chronic injury and overcoming obstacles in their workouts. Today's episode features Jane Bonneman, founder and president of Nectar Yoga in Northern Virginia. It was such an honor and such a pleasure to sit down with her. She is an entrepreneur, consultant, and coach. But I would also like to say her soul and energy is absolutely beautiful and I really hope it comes through in this conversation. Her yoga studios in Virginia serve up a wide variety of classes including teacher trainings, hot yoga, vinyasa flow, and vet yoga. They all strive to bring community together and provide yoga without an attitude. Her resume includes roles in wellness leadership and serving on national advisory boards for the American Council of Exercise and American Fitness Studios. She also spent time at Georgetown University and University of Virginia managing campus wellness programs and facilities. When I initially asked Jane to sit down with me, it was because I was intrigued by her vet yoga program and I really wanted to learn more about taking the stigma out of healing PTSD and trauma overall. I did not realize how much we would vibe and have in common and just like enjoy spending time with one another. Uh, The time of this recording was February 20th, 2020. Oh, of course, the numbers line up. (laughs) And we also um, didn't realize how close this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic was was to recording. Um, Now it is March 14th, and I'm realizing how important it is to be reminded of our community and holding space for one another because... We can't interact socially at the moment and we are missing out on some of our wonderful everyday activities because of this emergency. And people like Jane and I feel comfort uh, with community and I encourage you to think about that as we are talking and how important community actually is. I mean, this could just be a big learning experience in that lesson itself. This conversation, like the core of it is spiritual growth and business leadership. And the we talk about some specifics of that, including measuring the connectivity of your community, your tribe, and the cultivation of community around health. We... Uh, Jane's yoga program for first responders, military vets, and military spouses can be found at NectarYogaStudios.com slash PowerNectarYoga slash. We also talk about the scope of yoga and healing trauma. 
we discuss healing the subtle and physical bodies of our beings so that there are two different types of bodies that we're healing when we're talking about trauma. And I talk a little bit about my history with yoga and trauma because yoga was my gateway to understanding health and my own well-being. That vehicle that got me there was sports, but I do pay some tribute to what I learned as a young yogi. You can find Jane on Instagram at Jane Bonneman. Her website is also janebonneman.com. That's J-A-N-E-B-A-H-N-E-M-A-N. Her yoga studios are nectaryogastudios.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Insta, <laughs> Insta, uh, Impact Your Fitness. So that's impact underscore your underscore fitness on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find me at Jen Impact. I'm posting different stuff on those avenues, so be sure to hook up with me on both of those. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and please reach out if you have ideas or really enjoyed uh, this podcast or learned something new. We'd love to hear from you. And then one of the things uh, that I always come back to in the podcast is I don't, I want people, I would love it if people could learn how to think instead of being told what to think about their bodies. So this podcast in general is just unpacking that over and over again and how it applies to just the real life, everyday, modern, you know, scenarios that we deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so go a little deeper into that for me. Um, say that again. Okay unpacking how we so instead of so um i believe that our culture and society have told us how to think about our body Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to old injuries Mm -hmm. i can't do this and my mission my inspiration is to help our generation of active people not do what our parents did which is i can't Mm. and Mm. my body won't let me Mm. Uh and and like removing that from our vocabulary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unless it's absolutely i mean even when it is your reality is it your reality like there's so many um options for people to move and like we're born to move so i i just don't I just don't think that should be a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so my my inspiration is to help people uh, learn how to think about their body mm-hmm. rather than just being told what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we are just listening and we are being told, we're going to be ageist and mm-hmm. um, kind of our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what that is. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm always coming back to it. And okay. whether it's like a specific injury or if it's um, something um, like 
Oh, like I, I can talk forever about bad knees and squats. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my favorite topics because <laughs> because I'm like a bad knee person. Like mm-hmm. I have bad knees, mm-hmm. supposedly, mm-hmm. if you looked at an x-ray, but it's just not the truth. Like right. I can I can do all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Or get told. Yes. And then, yeah. and then they become our own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, and sometimes I think, our, you know, when our stories are a reflection of what are we're, we're trying to heal too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I come, I've been coming back to that one a lot. <clears throat> all my triggers. Um, yeah. uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your business and your presence in Alexandria? I love hosting female leaders in this in our space. So, <laughs> yay! That's so that when I heard that and like read a little bit about you, that's why I was like, oh, th- like perfect. This is who I want to talk to. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Um, So I am the owner of Nectar Yoga Studios, and Blue Nectar is in Falls Church, Virginia. Um, Just celebrated our sixth birthday. Mm. And Power Nectar is the newest location, and that is in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. Um, Blue is the not hot side, so Mm -hmm. it's really the um, very traditional yoga studio. Um, maintaining the integrity of the spiritualism and Mm -hmm. the the deep practice Um, and power same mission and maintaining the spiritualism but it is a hot studio so as you might imagine or envision Mm -hmm. um, it's more of a hot power experience um, when it comes to the yoga world yeah yeah yes cool and um, how what were you doing before uh, blue nectar opened up um, gosh, so if we s- sort of set the stage for my perspective, I think uh-huh. it's a good thing as we start to talk. Um, I've been working in this industry for over two decades. Mm-hmm. My um, formal education, I have a master's degree in exercise physiology, mm-hmm. but I have two decades of studies in Eastern thought mm-hmm. and yogic studies. Um, mm-hmm. And so interestingly enough, my career, um, I've had a lot of different experiences. So I've been... Um, an executive director of fitness and wellness in a variety of settings. So from mm. nonprofit to mm. being the assistant director at the University of Virginia to mm. the director at Georgetown University. <laughs> um, and then I actually stepped back completely and began a consulting business, mm-hmm. um, which was my first dip into owning a business, which was great because it didn't have the responsibility of the brick and the mortar. Mm. Um, and so I stepped back and I uh, began a consulting business where I worked with um, worked with facilities on either renovations or builds and or staffing. Mm. And so I took really what I'd been doing for a while in the industry mm-hmm. and just stepped back. And in that, I actually was offered a role in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And I was the director of um, operations and the director of fitness and wellness for a company that managed university, the big multi-million dollar assets, mm-hmm. um, university recreation and fitness centers. Mm. And so that position took me all over the country um, with all different kinds of teams and all different oh, types of cool. universities. Yeah. Um, yeah, but at the same time, right as that sort of landed um, on my plate, I had already signed a lease for Balloon Nectar Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and so, For a number of years, I did both. So as the business grew, I was still working in the corporate world. Uh Um, And then there just came a time where that natural evolution and that natural shift happened. Um, Mm. And I jumped completely into ownership of the business and growing the business that um, I continue to grow today. Yay. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. That's my background. Yeah. Yes. 
And what did um, what is special about uh, uh, blue nectar and power nectar that your I, I mean was was it like is this a place where you were like oh these things are missing and I'm so <laughs> like excited to put these things together or was this like I just need a really good spot in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was not. It was not. I really need a really good spot in my neighborhood. Um, it really, honestly, the concept was birthed probably. I And I, I like to get real, especially if entrepreneurs are listening. Mm -hmm. The concept was birthed back in 2005. The business plan was written around 2011 mm -hmm. and the doors opened in 2014 and mm -hmm. so it took um obviously to put all the financial pieces in place all the life pieces in place um and so it really was born of so i have taught in teacher trainings around the globe as far away as asia mm -hmm. um for a, a really long time and each place that i would go or each um, community that i would experience i would have that if only this existed, if only this were tweaked, right? And so out of that eventually birthed Nectar Yoga Studios. Uh -huh. And um, it really is, uh, it's a community where we pay attention to the details and it's built it's built on the tagline of we are yoga without attitude. Mm. Yoga can be seen as very exclusive and esoteric. Mm -hmm. um, and I really feel like the benefits of yoga are transformational and life-changing if we can find a way to make it accessible mm -hmm. without stripping away the spiritualism, without stripping away the philosophy, but presenting it in a way that feels digestible in our society and our culture mm -hmm. um, without making it, um, right, the fitness side mm -hmm. per se that we also see sort of in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that any yoga is, is good. Mm -hmm. um, lots of yoga is great. Mm -hmm. But so that's really what the business is built on. It's built on that tagline of um, that you belong here, mm -hmm. meaning like you belong in the yoga space. Mm -hmm. And how can we... Um, build communities. I think that that's the other piece that I have seen over the last five to ten years. That as we become more digital, we become more isolated and lonely, mm. and we are tribal beings. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And the more that we can have a space where um, where we feel like we belong, where we feel noticed, we feel seen, where we can just walk in and laugh, and people know our names. Mm. Um, it's so. Um, I don't know that it's undervalued, but I think it's. It's becoming underserved with mm -hmm. so, so much digital happening in our wor world. And so those are really the foundations of the business. And, um, and I'm really pleased and proud to say that our patrons echo those experiences back to us. Mm -hmm. And um, it just makes me really happy to be serving people with such a transformational tool. Yeah. Um, how do you know when you've done, like, the tribe thing right? <laughs> um how do you know when you've done the tribe thing right? Like as a business, I mean, like, yeah, as a business owner, because that is what we're, I mean, that is the the new challenge, yeah. just like you said. Like it's the the connectivity and the digital stuff and the disconnect to nature. Mm -hmm. Not only that, like we don't even, you know, sit down and eat and talk anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about the screen. It is. And oh god like our bodies are not meant to do three <laughs> things at once right i mean we can do it obviously mm -hmm. like uh but yeah when so when we go to the gym mm -hmm. we're trying to do our cardio because you know that's what the magazine said to do <laughs> we're trying to relieve our stress because 
the gym is the place you do that, I guess. Uh, And so we've got a checklist to go into the gym or the yoga studios. I mean, these uh, agendas Mm -hmm. that we have to do these things. But we're... so we're skipping over the part where you shake hands and you connect with people. Yes. And, you know, part of the magic of yoga is um, practicing a oneness, right? And uh, the spiritual pieces and the chanting, like the scientific benefits are chanting are from the actual sound of you and your neighbors, mm-hmm. right? Your people sitting around. So I guess we can't really answer that question, but... I think I can yeah. sort of give you a broad brushstroke of how yeah. how do I measure, uh-huh. right, if the objectives of what we're trying to do with this business on this planet uh-huh. um, is succeeding. Yeah. Um, and the way that I would say that is it starts way back before you measure the success. You create a plan of how you're going to achieve that, and that comes from the people that you hire in your business. Mm. It comes from the right personalities, the right intentions, Um, the right mix of people who understand what you're about and what you're trying to achieve and they value that as well Mm -hmm. and so I think it it comes first and foremost otherwise it's just it's just paint and walls Mm -hmm. and 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 that is just a space until you breathe life into that space with what Mm -hmm. you're trying to accomplish on this planet and I strongly stand by the fact that it is surrounding yourself with a team of people who will serve and elevate the the community that starts to build in that space. And so when that community that we've built starts to echo back how they're feeling in Mm -hmm. this space, I think that that's when you start to measure or you're able to measure, um, wow, like what we put into motion is is working. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And then what – what kind of – so what are the specific offerings in – for – you know, your for Nectar Studios and um, I guess the the community and the community offerings because they're two different things, right? In some way, yeah. Um, so we, as far as what what we offer, mm-hmm. um, being, um, I really truly believe that there are benefits to hot practices and mm-hmm. there are benefits to um, your more traditional unheated practices, mm-hmm. which is why I opened two sides of the business. Yeah, um, and it does serve a little different client base, a little different, um, a little different personality wants each, mm-hmm. and then I think that they sort of cross over and that they dabble in the other. But you do have people who really, really, you know, they're the members of a hot heat studio, hot heated studio, mm-hmm. or they're the members of a not heated studio, uh-huh. and um, and so in that. Regardless of what what the temperature or the tone is, I think, of the space, um, we offer drop-in classes. So mm-hmm. anywhere from traditional hatha-based mm-hmm. to power vinyasa mm-hmm. um, to our more restorative yin, what I like to call the quieter practices mm-hmm. of yoga. Mm-hmm. And so um, you really can run the gamut in our spaces of mm-hmm. finding um, really what you're looking for. And we have very specific drop-in classes known as Rookie. Mm. Um, we've had them since the day we opened. And it is a way for new students or students who've been out for a while or curious people to come in yeah. and try. Yeah. And um, the piece that I always talk about with our staff is just like children are not little adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> new practitioners yeah. 
are just not um, they're they're different from a uh, you have to treat that new practitioner different they have different needs from a physical and an emotional yeah. standpoint yeah. and so that's a piece that I'm really proud of our programming it is really well thought out and then as far as I try not to ever separate really the community offerings um, from the actual spaces yeah and so um, of course we offer um, teacher trainings we're about to offer our 12th class which is the first one that will span both um, both communities okay which is awesome uh-huh. I'm really proud of that piece because we have turned out some incredible teachers who are doing incredible things even if they're not in our spaces mm-hmm. um, around the area and and across the world honestly because this area is so transient people mm-hmm. take, I know it's people amazing. take their training yeah. and they head across the world so that's um, that's actually really cool and then of course we have ways to serve our community so yeah. special interest workshops we have um, a sacred women's circle once a month at power you do we do so we bring that yeah. ritual back yeah. in right that ability yeah. to come together and communicate and create that tribe um, and then I believe so strongly that we we should be all invested in the community outside of our particular business that um, as I as I grew the business I actually added a person whose specific job is community coordinator mm-hmm. and so that is where we reach out into the community and that may be on-site experiences Mm -hmm. um, for other businesses Mm -hmm. or other patrons Mm -hmm. and or we bring those like-minded people into our space so that we can really elevate each other yeah well I giggled because it's when you were talking about the universality of like don't teach children like you know like <laughs> yes. like we're not all the same um just maybe you know, I, I say that all the time so I was yeah. like ha, ha, ha. it is um, it is and then Christina right is Christina. the who, mm-hmm. who we're talking about yeah so that's how we connected yeah. and one of the things that like you know there's a million yoga studios around here like it's it's uh it's insane um I mean it's great but it's like there's a lot yes and the reason I um, was so interested in talking to her is because of the the whole community outreach. This is something I believe in, um, uh, you know, to my core mm-hmm. is that we have to be way showers and you cannot do that behind a closed door. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my industry, you know, charging $200 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like you can't um, really help people unless you're out there like being the example and showing that we're all um, we're healthy together mm-hmm. or we're not healthy together yes and <laughs> yes. Um, um, and the more people who are um, connecting community to uh, like that tribal need mm-hmm. that we all have mm-hmm. to learning about their body those that that's gonna pay off for generations mm-hmm. to me and like that is a hundred percent must and and for the people that I do business with too Mm -hmm. because these are why my clients trust me because they know that I um, have a, a a bigger picture in mind than Just a real quick break to introduce you guys to a product that I am so happy to bring on board and that you all can support the show. That product is called Ruvi, R-U-V-I. And this is a drink that I use myself. It is a powder of fruit and vegetables and nothing else. It's easier 
and tastier to get your fruits and vegetables more than ever. And this is so needed in today's climate. Ruby is whole fruits and veggies, including all the fiber, and they're picked at their peak nutrition and freeze dried to lock in those nutrients. Head on over to Impact Your Fitness, goruvi.com, R-U-V-I, and you'll see the four different flavors and that there's no sugar added, no preservatives, no fillers, all the fiber, no GMOs, so all the good stuff. And it's definitely something I drink on my own. Impact your fitness, goruvi.com. Like, oh, there are um, multiple parts to heal. Mm -hmm. And it's not just um, people who have experienced a real traumatic trauma. It's for uh, being human. Mm -hmm. Like we have... We are sensitive beings and <laughs> we have very specific needs as far as like development goes. So um, I just found that when you are able to connect, I have to heal in layers to this is what health is, this is what wellness is, this is how I can serve my vessel and my peoples. Um, so uh, I just love the idea of taking the stigma out of healing mm -hmm. and trauma. Mm -hmm. So, um, how do you look at that specifically and um, help bring that to a, like the machoist of the communities and we're, you know, we're, we're looking at the Pentagon almost from yeah. where we're sitting yeah. and like, <laughs> uh, and just the culture around DC, like you yeah. can feel it as soon as you step, get off the plane at DC, yeah, you're like, well, yeah. like, oh, there's that negative energy of yeah. DC. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Um, so yeah, how, yeah, how do you do that? And yeah. Um, yeah, so I love your languaging, Jen. Um, we talk very similarly. I can, <laughs> I can, I can see that and, and hear that. Um, and going back, I think it's vested in, um, you talk about um, an area or uh, trauma and, and how we can make an impact in our little, our little piece of the world, right? And. Um, I do believe very strongly in collective energy. Mm -hmm. um, and even if we do have a 2,000 square foot space, mm -hmm. our little piece of, of our planet, um, it, it just because maybe it, it, we work small, we can think big, big and impact big. Mm. That's what I believe in the power of small business. I believe mm. in the power of our connection, sitting here and talking. Um, I believe in the power that there is enough. and. Um, and and serving others in mm -hmm. that in our spaces where where we've been given our gifts, mm -hmm. um, and so you talk a little bit about um, trauma, and um, I just like to keep it within my scope of practice. Mm -hmm. um, I talked a little bit about my education and my history, and I've done a lot of trainings through the years, and I have done a lot of energetic trainings mm. and um, trauma trainings, trauma-based mm. trainings. Um, someone I respect tremendously in the yoga world is Hala Kauri. She does some amazing, um, she and Sean Korn and Suzanne Sterling launched off the mat into the world. And it's really, um, okay, so we have all these tools on a yoga mat, but how do we actually take them out into the world and serve people? Because that's what it's really about. Mm -hmm. And the root of that is dealing with your own traumas, mm -hmm. whether it's a capital T or a lowercase t, right? Dealing with your own layers, your own st 
stuff, right, that's triggered and rises up. And if we don't try to work on ourselves and heal ourselves, we truly can't be of service to each other because we end up standing over each other instead of sitting down with each other and seeing each other for our um, wherever we are in that healing process. The sooner that we can see that um, that connection between our, ourselves and each other, mm-hmm. then we can really be of service. And so I really like to start from that vantage point that um, – when we talk about healing traumas, it is a constant work of self, of our own inner work, so that we can be sensitive and empathetic on that path. And you talk a little bit about um, uh, our service in our studios, which is um, a segment, which is veterans, um, military, first responders, um, and it is a I like I like the words that you use, like that macho mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, Jen, I'm, I can't say how, how pleased I am. Last night I was leaving. Um, I teach the 4.30 to 5.30 class. And at the 6 o'clock classes, I was exiting um, the room. People were already laying out their mats. And it was actually only men so far who had checked in. Wow. There were only men who had already yeah. come in to check in for that class. Yeah. So I think that first and foremost, um, it's creating a space that is neutral, I think mm-hmm. is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Taking that, yes, is about 70% of practitioners still women. I think it's changing. It is changing statistically every year. It's becoming more widely accepted. Um, the stigma is going away as a practice for females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, just creating a space that feels neutral and widely accepting, where it's a team that's um, a team of staff that are clearly doing their own work, um, that are clearly studying that are clearly furthering their education so that they can hold space for all populations Mm -hmm. and so whether it's a capital t um that i think when we say capital t traumas that are experienced from what our military our retired um military our veterans our first responders that capital t that serious traumas that they witness and experience Mm -hmm. um that we have the tools to um to hold that space Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any person on the team per se a therapist Mm -hmm. or uh, a trauma therapist specifically Um, it makes them their their experts in the domain of using yoga as a Mm -hmm. tool for transformation Mm -hmm. um and so does that sort of explain sort of our mindset of how to hold that space yeah um and then to offer programming that allows those populations to come in and feel seen and feel like um, they're with people who really get it. I think that's another big piece of it. Um, And so creating that space Mm -hmm. um, doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be the authority on it. I have Mm -hmm. to be able to create the space and hire the right people and create the right programming. And I think we're achieving that. Um, This area does have a unique vibe. (laughs) Um, And I think that serving that population is really important. But more than that, I think, Jen, the more that we just are open to talking about serving using yoga as a tool for transformation to either solve big traumas or little traumas um i still do a lot of a substantial amount of private one-on-one client Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. and the more we can understand that we are all broken and brilliant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that that's where our our strengths lie that's where our ability to see each other lies um and then 
remembering that there are, I'm not a huge fan of this saying, but I, I can't think of another way to say it, but 10 ways to skin a cat, right? Uh-huh, yeah. You can journal, mm-hmm. you can work with a therapist, you can use movement therapy, you can use ener- you know, Reiki and energy processes, mm-hmm. yoga, there's all these ways. And the, the more that we layer them on, um, just the more tools we have mm-hmm. to work through the gunk and the yeah. muck and the stuff. And so um, probably much like you, um, I do believe that our physical body is is the vessel Uh um, and the subtle body is the energy and healing um, just as and I explain this to my clients just as our physical body right ten fingers ten toes two arms two legs we're receiving information through our five physical senses at any given time and we're sort of managing the world with Mm -hmm. those five physical senses but at the same time energy is coming in information is coming into our energetic or our subtle body Mm -hmm. and it's not random it's processed Mm -hmm. in a way and so we can go into those spaces too when we think about healing um and notice what is unprocessed and undigested yeah the body holds those stories and i truly believe that over time physical manifestations are inevitable yeah um and so it's really a, a process i mm-hmm. think a layered process healing's a layered process i think it's yeah and i love uh as a student of yoga um seeing that they have words for this stuff <laughs> i think is amazing like uh you just said working through the physical you know like what's it called, uh, Vipassana, mm-hmm. right? Where you breathe, you do the breathing and then you let it sit. You let, you're like, oh, I've got something to stew here with, you know? And I think that's like such an amazing tool, like just by itself, not, you know, the breathing, but like that we actually have a word for it. And um, we, you know, it's not new. It's, it, it has been in us for multiple generations. And not that somebody wrote it down and put it in a book and now it's part of your generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it has been known to your soul for generations Mm -hmm. that these things exist um, and that the contradiction comes when we're met with these modern, um, I don't know, like, uh, the things that can make make our lives a lot of fun and convenient uh, the modern interfaces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the contradiction comes in when we're faced with these things mm-hmm. and then we lose these words mm-hmm. and we lose these connections um, because we were probably doing a lot of this stuff as like children, mm-hmm. right? If we were in a healthy environment, we, we had the chance to play and connect and, you know, work through our emotions and be little assholes about it and yeah. you know what I mean? like yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um yeah so that's I just a side comment that one of the things I love as a, as a student yeah. you know yeah and um and now I think I see myself as more of a, a student of the um hmm of the light mm-hmm. you know that's how I see myself now but I, when I first started learning about layers of healing mm-hmm. um it was at a really it was at multiple dark points in my younger years like i was exposed to trauma earlier than i um than my peers i guess like i lost my mom when i was 20 and she was sick for years before that and one of the first things i learned to do was yoga mm. and um i think 
it wasn't even sold to me as like a physical thing. They were like, this yeah. is this is something, you know, you're going to be with other mature adults because there were no 17-year-olds in yoga class right. in 1998. Like, <laughs> right. Um, so I was like, you know, I was with like the old hippies at church. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's that's exactly what it was. And, um, and you know, I just – I, I learned that, you know, there was a space between my feelings, my reality, and that I could hang out in that space and process, you know, and that was like, that got me through so much. I don't, yeah. who, who knows what I would have had without yoga and soccer like yeah. back then for me, but yeah. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, um, looking for ways to bring that to the people that I work with. So, so I don't know if I told you that I do uh, injury prevention for Alexandria soccer. Okay. And one of the community ideas that Christina and I had was to come out and work with, you know, a couple of groups of my soccer players because mm-hmm. the program's for like 400 kids. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I've had yoga out there before and we also have uh, breath training. Mm-hmm. We have um visualization training and uh it's we've even done a little bit of Wim Hof breathing with them cool. and I am just so in love with watching kids learn and uh learn a, that they have so much control over their outcomes mm-hmm. and um that I just watching their um, their brains and their minds like click with mm-hmm. the breathing and the yoga because mm-hmm. um, even when we would do 20 minute sessions with them you could see a difference yeah. like you could I, I mean yeah. that's the great thing about working with kids it's like minimal effective dose is all that's needed <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. oh my god so like if we have physical trauma and emotional trauma okay. and mm-hmm. like um, we're you know, working through one at a time, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. and because we like to compartmentalize, right. like I got this I'm working with, and, <laughs> yes. and then so as a um, a one-on-one teacher or as a, as a group, you know, intervening with a group, um, do you have specifics like guidelines for people in a physical in, in a state of looking for relief from physical trauma or emotional trauma or is it like kind of the both yeah so that's a great question and um you know it's connecting a lot with what you said about kids and about teens and about um so i'm gonna i'm gonna start there for a reason okay um so throughout my career um i've had the great fortune um in different roles working with children working with collegiate athletes, working with professional athletes, working with Bob the neighbor, working mm-hmm. with right and so this huge gamut of, of people. And when we think about kids and teens and young adults, um, so much of what's happening in their processing, um, it's it's leaving a, a mark, I guess mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to say, right? It sort of becomes our biography sort of becomes our biology at those yeah. at that space well, and time. Yeah, and at that level their brain is working at a at a pace. Yes to there is a reason for it mm-hmm. you know yes yeah and um so the tools of yoga you know going back to what you said you know it's an eightfold path we tend to just think of the postures this asana mm. as um yoga right but the truth is it's an eightfold path there's breathing there's meditation there's yoga there's there's a whole process and tools within yoga that we can use um to reach the different 
parts of ourselves. Um, and so when you talk about or think about um, you know, physical trauma um, versus emotional trauma, can the two be separated? Well, I think we all like a plan, <laughs> right? Mm. We all like a plan and we want to know the fastest way that we're going to get from A to B. Um, and the thing that I tell students when they come into class is that this is a, an ancient practice. Um, there are many layers of the practice. And sometimes, for whatever reason, maybe we, won't ha- we don't have the capacity or desire to dig into all the whys, right? Mm-hmm. All the emotional components um, of whatever we're healing. Um, sometimes it's okay to just come in and do the shapes and breathe and move and trust the practice, trust the tools. It's okay to sit down and take really deep breaths and just work on meditating that day without having to dive in with your with all the other parts that maybe feel yeah. overwhelming in that space. So it's okay to apply the tools in different ways at different times. And so um, separating the physical from the emotional, I, I mean, I'm certain there's so many different types of therapists to do those yeah. things. Yeah. But from the yogic mindset, I don't know that we, it is, yoga is to yoke, right? It's mm-hmm. union. It's that, it's that we're, those things are not separate. They are mm-hmm. actually informing each other. Mm-hmm. So to draw a hard and fast line between the two, I think does disservice to the healing process. And so using the tools of yoga, um, inevitably, like I said, if it's just for a practice, a day, a week, a year that someone comes in and just wants the physical asana, mm-hmm. there is mysticism and and beautiful things that will happen and when they're ready to peel back the other layers that will come too so i think that's the best way i can answer of it's okay to separate during Mm -hmm. times and place when it feels safe and appropriate but ultimately in my experiences with clients many come to the practice because of the physical postures Mm -hmm. and they just find themselves peeling layers back that are inevitably peeled back when you Mm -hmm. begin the practice and that's why i like to say that yoga is an amazing tool for transformation and i personally and our team has zero judgment if someone wants to come in and roll out a mat and do the shapes Mm -hmm. again and again and again and leave feeling great because there is that leap that gap um in of faith right that Mm -hmm. comes with the work of getting on the mat and breathing and moving Mm -hmm. and then I do see what what I like to say and have seen over two decades with clients of of all types like I said of all experience levels that inevitably inevitably the hey can we start to talk a little bit more about this energy stuff can Mm -hmm. we start to talk and so the the (laughs) light goes on it's illuminated when it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and some people come to it through meditation first Mm -hmm. right some people come through it through physical postures first Mm -hmm. some people come to it through a big capital t trauma in their life some people come to it from little t's Mm -hmm. that over time have created residue and they need they just have to look at it at some point because they feel that they need to look at it. And so I think that's the best answer I can give is that it's okay if we need to separate, but the idea yogic in and of itself is the union, but we take it at a pace that feels safe so that we can open into safe space. Mm -hmm. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah. I love, it made me think of, um, uh, like the wedding cakes that have chocolate and vanilla <laughs> and you can like choose and and you're like oh 
it's here. I can have that too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's no linear path. Mm-hmm. Like it, you're going to walk around in a circle to the left six times before you end up with the actual answer. And that, yep. <laughs> that's the reality of it. And it's true. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I definitely fall into that category of, um, I've always just been like, okay, I, I have to compartmentalize because you said the word resin and like that's that like hit hard. And I was like, oh yeah, like I feel like I have a toothbrush quality cleaning crew going on here. It's just like (laughs) one thing at a time. Yes. Um, (laughs) and then sometimes it hits me that it's all the same thing and um you know i've been looking through the same you know the the same glass right at the at at this um collection of things i've learned to do um or a collection of um ways that i've learned to self-sabotage and protect myself right or the collection of ways that i've been able to show myself gratitude you know Mm because like I finally have gotten to that place with my strength training which for people uh that I connect with well it's like we had a dysfunctional relationship with exercise at some point it hurt us Mm -hmm. um we did it to punish ourselves Mm -hmm. or um our coach made us do it until we puked right um or the physical therapist that we went through like you'll never have another one that's as good or the complete opposite they were total crap and not paying attention to you and like that you know somehow um so you know come into a place where I have gratitude for my practice whatever physical piece I'm putting in whether that's um Pilates breathing um yoga sequences or uh and my strength training like it's all from gratitude now mm-hmm. and you know that's been like ugh, such a great thing to like show people and share and i don't know it's yeah it's my favorite mm-hmm. um then what uh, are there some things that we didn't cover that you wanted to bring up hmm because like I just I feel like I have a really good cup of warm tea right now like this is a really nice conversation (laughs) it is lovely (laughs) um I I think about the um how I ultimately landed in the DC area oh okay yeah yeah going back to sort of the tone of this area Uh uh-huh um a collective energy Mm -hmm. um because there truly is in every area there's Mm -hmm. a collective Mm -hmm there's a collective energy to um, this particular area. It's pretty high intense. Mm-hmm. I'm very, um, it's a very driven mindset, a very uh, constantly achieving mindset. Mm. Um, and I think that um, creating spaces like yours or like the yoga studios that I'm building, um, it's nice for people to come in and have permission to slow down and go in yeah. um, and find space spaces that we kind of rush past quite mm. a bit and I ever since I think I finished graduate school I've had this sign and I've kept it in every office um, and it's the first wealth is health mm. and I don't know if that comes with um, age <laughs> or having your health go away mm. or but that moving from a place of gratitude I had a, a conversation with a client just the other day 
And I said, you know, the practice that I work on every single day of my life is contentment. You know, that is a, that is a tenet of yoga is this is how things are today. How can I operate in a, a healthy space today? It doesn't mean we don't set our sights on the future or have great goals. And that's where I think this area, you feel that energy as everyone is moving. It's a very mm -hmm. active energy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a really good thing. So long as our feet are firmly grounded in the gratitude of the moment mm -hmm. and what's in front of us and feeling everything and mm -hmm. um, touching and tasting and really being in um, all the experience of, of what we have now. And I think that is um, when our health, whether it's our physical health or our emotional health, is compromised, mm -hmm. it makes everything else uphill. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. I feel that anything that we can do to be of service to help people find or swim their way through that muck mm -hmm. so that everything, right, it's, it's hard to get through your day. It's more challenging to get through your day or raise your children if your emotional health or your physical health is suffering. So when we're, when mm -hmm. we're striving to move from a place of center, right, on that mm -hmm. continuum, as we move away from center, we move closer to dysfunction and disease. And it's just, I think it's, mm -hmm. it, it creates more layered challenges. So the mm -hmm. more work we can do as practitioners in a non-judgmental, non-dogmatic way to use the tools to bring folks and ourselves closer to center and kind of maintain floating around that center best we can, um, I think it allows us to spread our wings more in mm -hmm. every place in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows each person when they're feeling strong and stable in those spaces to tap maybe more deeply into their own sense of purpose mm -hmm. and sense of self mm -hmm. on this planet. Yeah. Um, and I think it brings just more meaning to the everyday. Yeah. Um, so that's really sort of as you were talking through um, sort of your last pieces, um, coming back to the body and coming back mm -hmm. to physical health and emotional health. Um, yeah. Gosh, placing the highest of value on it and just showing tremendous gratitude for mm -hmm. for even the hardest gunkiest murkiest stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that there has to be something we can glean from it it's that image of that lotus right a lotus a lotus blossoms out of the water but it's it grows in the mud yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it grows in the dark and mm. so if we can use all the different tools that we're using mm -hmm. and have um, when it's dark mm. to, to maybe hold on to knowing that um, ways to find the light, right? Where mm -hmm. are the cracks where the light's coming in? Mm -hmm. And how can we move kind of into that space? Mm -hmm. um, because I think it, it's only, it is only human. Mm -hmm. Suffering is only human and discomfort and all those things, but um, just having ways to, to glean from those experiences, how we can use that and settle into that, and like you said, not mm -hmm. push it away mm -hmm. and not just kind of let it let it come in. And if it builds a residue, find ways and tools to kind of move the residue and um, and use it in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. And so, I is is part of the yoga business model to have. A wonderful teacher program there because you've been shepherding. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, is that like 
so funny. You, know, <laughs> you felt my laugh when when it's um, the yoga business and. Um, well, because you said yoga. Well, we we, yeah. we were using this thing called hold. We're saying hold space. Yeah. And I think it's important to say there's a difference between holding space and a profit model, mm -hmm. because the profit model is, um, let's say, you know, it's fitness is a huge business now. Correct. You people have to know the difference between holding the right space mm -hmm. and teaching you thoughtful things mm -hmm. about your body so that you have tools and you're learning how to fish yeah. versus the profit model of, man, I definitely watch a lot of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> my go-to thing is, like, Stephen Colbert. Like, the, the interview slices. I watch the same celebrity do, like, five interviews. That's that's my, my, t my favorite TV time. Man, do you know how many times Peloton has popped up right. on my – and, you know, not to, you know, guess what, but guys, they're broke. And, you know, they have, like, uh, anyways, I'm not going to get into that. I get pretty heated. Um, <laughs> no, I, that's all I'm saying. I, there's just a difference between the profit model and yeah. holding space. Yeah. And um, what you were saying before, like, um, you used the word grounding. Mm -hmm. And that's a practice I think people overlook mm -hmm. all the time. And not until you actually start practicing, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of learning like Excel. Mm. Like, you know, like a modern adult in America, like you have to learn how to use Excel. Yeah. Like I feel the same way about grounding. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, okay, sorry. What were you going to say? Um, we were talking about the. We were talking about yoga business. And yeah, the yoga business. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you know, those are interesting words to put together, but words that I'm completely comfortable with. <laughs> um, I stand by no mission, no money, no mission. Yeah. Um, and this is an expensive area to mm -hmm. run a business, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing else that needs to be said. Yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> it just is. And um, I do believe that strongly in the mission of mm -hmm. the businesses that I am running. And obviously you have to run it in a way that enables – you to keep furthering your mission mm -hmm. and um and so you know just leave it at that like mm -hmm. you can't put i'm completely comfortable with yoga business because the only way to get the messaging out and the only way to serve populations that we're trying to serve is to run a smart business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but what i believe is a business grounded in really good things on this planet mm. and so um you talked a little bit about teacher trainings does every uh, yoga studio have to have teacher trainings not necessarily what i do know is that um, my undergraduate degree is in education, mm -hmm. and so I think that's a little part of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and having worked in universities, I've mm -hmm. always been very involved in education. But if you go back to yoga and how it's passed, right, mm -hmm. and how it's passed, mm -hmm. um, so creating competent – and if you look on our website and you look at what sets our teacher trainings apart, I think mm -hmm. first and foremost, our teacher trainings are vested – in the adult learning model. So it's not mm. just, here's a bunch of information, I hope you can figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. It is, how do we help walk a path of delivering information, but also the personal transformation that's required for someone to hold space as a yoga teacher? Mm. You have to be doing your own work or it's mm. completely inauthentic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not messy and clumsy. It should be messy and clumsy. We're all messy and clumsy. <laughs> but it is a, a requirement of our teacher training that along with the didactic curricular adult learning model that we use 
we trust the adults that are in our space. Mm -hmm. It's required that mm -hmm. they're walking a path as well at the same time because if they're going to serve this information and mm -hmm. be of service, mm -hmm. it has to be a part of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And so um, for us, um, I truly believe that our teacher trainings and from the information and the conversations that I've had, they're so impactful on someone's personal experience. And often someone will come into our teacher training and say, I have no intention of teaching. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes so personal and so authentic and oh my so God, that's gotta healing be the best. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that they want to spread their wings and yep. they want to then pass it on. And so mm -hmm. I think there's nothing more amazing mm -hmm. than having a program that that helps someone dig deep into their stuff and feel so inspired in their purpose than to want to share it. And on our website, you'll see that we create yoga professionals. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I think there's a, it's a word choice on yeah. purpose. Oh yeah. Because delivering a yoga class is a responsibility when mm -hmm. you start to move people's energy mm -hmm. when you start to go into pranayama and breath work mm -hmm. and you start to hold space for that stuff to stir up i truly believe that is a responsibility and that is the team that we have and i hope that's the teachers that we're turning out into the world mm. yeah that's lovely i mean professional is also like a really important distinction i think it's um it, you know, it, back to that functional relationship with exercise, um, there's nothing that's going to screw up that more than a, an unprofessional yoga instructor, you know, name it. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, so many opportunities, especially now with like the, you know, the commerce uh, on Instagram and social media, the way it's going. So, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, certain. Being a part of uh, the education piece um, is just awesome. I just totally admire it. Um, what do you have going on that people need to know about? And <laughs> um, and if they want more of you, like, where's that? Yeah. Um, what do we have going on? All good things. <laughs> um, so our next round of teacher training is about to start. Uh -huh. And I mentioned that that's, this is the first one, our 12th class, that merges the two communities. Mm -hmm. So that's super exciting because I feel like we're creating a bigger community out of two smaller communities. Um, and something else that I failed to mention when you asked about teacher trainings is that we run our full teacher training twice a year instead mm -hmm. of one really big group. Uh. I've always kept the groups at a smaller, which is – a lot more work uh -huh. <laughs> on the side of the business uh -huh. but it's about relationship building mm -hmm. and one-on-one -on -one time with your faculty and an experience that I don't think I think is harder to achieve when you have big groups because then little groups form in the big groups mm -hmm. and so um, we're about to embark on our 12th class of teacher training mm -hmm. but we will retain that intimate experience as the company grows um, so that's about to start um, Power Nectar continues to we just celebrated February 10th was the first um, first year. So oh, the lease nice. was signed yeah. one year yeah. ago. Yeah. So we have spread our wings and grounded ourselves in the Alexandria community. Mm -hmm. And so Power Nectar continues to grow. Um, our Blue Nectar community has a huge um, – so I feel like each community um, with intention has really specific focus. Um, we have a huge uh, prenatal, perinatal oh. um, uh -huh. programming uh -huh. at our Blue Nectar okay. space. We just launched um, a prenatal, postnatal teacher training. Mm. We have yoga for labor and birth. We are using all of these tools to support families and um, 
and parents and babies. And so that's Blue Nectar's. Um, Blue Nectar's really has spread its wings in the last couple of years ah. in that that realm. Yeah. Um, so that continues to grow. And um, I continue to teach. I continue to um, take on clients. I had a conversation with someone who's taught in our studio for a, a very long time. She's a very senior teacher. And she said, you know, I love that you continue to put yourself out there. She said, mm. I feel like so many business owners, once, you know, the businesses are established, they go behind the scenes. Yeah. And you did the opposite. Yeah, I, I really did. <laughs> I really, you know, Jen, I think that at the end of the day, um, a growth for me has uh-huh. been what does it mean to be one studio owner and two? I mean, there was, that was, I never did that before. Yeah. Right? It was clumsy. Yeah. I continue to stay in the muck because mm-hmm. I think that it keeps me grounded. It keeps me sensitive. It keeps me humble. And so I went yeah. through those growing pains. Uh-huh. And I continue to teach because, and I continue to work with private clients. And I continue to try to figure out how to balance my schedule like everybody mm-hmm. else. And I have a nine-year-old. And mm-hmm. I continue to feel times in my life where it feels, I've got this. And then tomorrow it blows up, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's important to always be living my yoga off the mat mm-hmm. and then getting back on the mat to teach because I want our client base to see me in the muck. Mm-hmm. I want to be messy and gunky with mm-hmm. everybody. Um, so I think that <laughs> even as the business grows, um, and I think yeah. there's a little more angst, in my opinion, for me, uh-huh. that comes with continuing to put myself out there because I think you leave yourself open for judgment and um, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. All the things that come with it. Mm-hmm. But I refuse to let that be. Um, as the business grows, I will continue to teach. I will continue to stay active. I will continue to laugh hysterically yeah. with our members and, nice. and keep it what it was from day one, yeah. which was – you know, when you start a business, like you're all the stuff. So it's nice to be six years out where I have um, managers and leaders and community coordinators and a big teaching staff, but I stay in it because I feel like my joy comes from there. Mm. And and that's felt um, when the owner feels that joy, when the Mm. owner feels, um, understands, uh, you know, what's happening on the day-to-day. I think that's really important. And so um, I believe that we'll grow to another studio or two in the next oh, 12 to 18 yeah. months. Yes. Nice. Um, I am firmly, um, firmly planted in growing um, and never losing sight of who we are and why we do what we do. So yeah. I will only grow at a pace that allows us to retain that. Nice. Um, yeah. And um, so that that's where we're going yeah. in the next um, 12 to 18 months. And I can be found, um, obviously, on our Nectar Yoga Studios website, mm-hmm. but janevoneman.com. Mm-hmm. Um I also do business consulting, uh-huh. um, helping uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, people to kind of dig deeper yeah. into overcoming um, some of their fear-based beliefs. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's a lot of. Um, I did a last year. I spent specifically about six months on my. I would call it the money mindset, yeah. the abundance mindset. Yes. You know, moving. Oh man, and it was so transformational and so helpful, um, and leading me into a space of being able to manifest and truly believe in my, you know, power. Yeah, um, so amazing. Yeah, the more I do, the more I do the spiritual work, the more money I make. Hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. It's true though. There's it's nothing so wrong true. with that. Yeah. There's, we're supposed. I don't know. I love. <laughs> I love. Um. You know all the great books. Uh, the you are a badass books. Yeah. I'm talking oh, about yeah, where did all this shame come from? Around yeah. like being proud that you're manifesting, taking action, and you believe in abundance and it's coming back to you. Like, yeah. 
they're <laughs> that's a great thing yeah like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah no I'm I'm a big believer in all that uh, I mean I'm not just a believer I'm a practicer like this is this is um you know if you're not on board with that talk when you come into my room yeah <laughs> that's too bad yeah um, <laughs> um yeah so no I just appreciate your openness and your realness like yeah. so just so you guys know she's not the <laughs> The yoga studio owner with a um, big wrap on her head and <laughs> and beads and her I don't I'm guessing your son's not you know his name's not like Wolf and um, yeah, very traditional <laughs> yeah. little man yes <laughs> doing very real yeah. things so that's day. what I'm saying like yes. we're doing it's a yeah uh, you know you you shown up so authentic and I really appreciate it thanks so, thank thanks. you it's yeah. great being here Jen I love chatting with you <laughs> and um. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity yeah. to be here. Yeah, no, I want to get, yeah, I want to get um, some of the Alexandria soccer community involved at with Power yeah. uh, Nectar because, um, you know, I just, yeah, we've just been able to be a really progressive club and I've introduced yoga a few times um, as a test. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, what's great about my role at Alexandria Soccer is that um, they've been totally open, like, to let me um, help community and spend time one-on-one with players and enhancing their um, process and their, you know, um, bettering themselves. And so uh, it's been great, like, experimenting and seeing what people like and what they gravitate towards, and it's, it has come back to yoga, like, several times. I so <laughs> wish I had yeah. this tool. Yeah. As a child and yeah. adolescent. Uh. And when we have um, teenagers in practicing, when mm-hmm. I've worked with high school teams, when I've taught at kids' camps, mm-hmm. um, obviously it's, it's you know, a big part of making yoga accessible is not being, in my opinion, um, is allowing allowing the dogmatic part of it to kind of slip away mm-hmm. and just getting the message across and the practices across. And if people are having fun, they're more likely to, to do it yeah, again, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If it, they're not seeing it as like inaccessible or weird, um, it doesn't mean <laughs> that we can't sneak in the esoteric yeah. practices. It's all in the presentation. Yeah. So I think with kids and teens and adolescents, the um, the luxury that I've had to work with with those age mm. groups through my mm-hmm. career, I always leave with the same feeling. Gosh, I wish I would have had this, <laughs> as, yeah. you know, at those yeah. ages. And I feel like the, the kids and teens and adolescents who have even a snippet, even if it's just grounding themselves or learning how to breathe or a couple of shapes mm-hmm. that they can put their bodies into, um, I just still think that they're at such an advantage. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a product of that. Like, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I was introduced to it at 16 years old and – um, by the time I was 22, I was, you know, doing full Kundalini, you know, yeah. I don't know what they call it. Um, I was fully in yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and the spiritual growth that gave me and, um, the tools to keep a smile on my face despite like extreme, um, loneliness and, uh, searching and you know looking for my meaning and you know mm. doing all this um crazy and 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 doing the opposite in my 20s as well which was you know partying till my f- you know yep my face fell on the floor <laughs> <laughs> um i get yeah, it Jen. yeah like this, the, 
these are tools. Um, anyways, all right. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you.